who will win the running back battles in this year's training camp. We're talking all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. This episode of Locked On Dynasty is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions do apply. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan MC 23 joining me today. I've got a special guest host. As we mentioned last week, our buddy Matt is off covering the Steelers as they get training camp open, but I've got one of my favorites here today. We've got Mike Faella. You might know him on Twitter at, uh, at Daddy's Home FF, uh, Mike is uh, one of my guys from over at DLF. Also does some work for Trophy Smack. Mike, how's it going today? It's going great, Ryan. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Glad to be on here with you. And uh, yeah, we're talking running backs today. Running back training camp battles. We do have. I think by the end of the week, we'll have every single training camp open. We had rookies reporting last week. We've got the veterans getting in there this week. So. Um, lots of interesting running back battles. I know Kate and Marcus yesterday talked about the quarterbacks quarterback, uh, training camp battles are a little more, you know, a little more, uh, important. I would say, you know, we're going to end up with one starting quarterback for week one running backs. We'll talk about wide receivers and tight ends later in the week. It's a little bit different when you talk about training camp battles, because we're going to see all these guys on the field. It's really just a matter of who gets that starting nod. Uh, who ends up with more playing time? Of course, uh, every year we see um, we see some surprises, and really we see those battles uh, go on through the regular season as well. So we've got some good ones to talk about here this week, Mike, and we're going to uh, reference their DLF Dynasty ADP and essentially try to uh, project what we think these guys are going to do this year and really who we want from a Dynasty perspective. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. We've got James Cook. He is the RB29, of course, the rookie from last year, who they kind of eased into uh, a role, I would say. And then uh, Damian Harris brought over from the New England Patriots. Harris way down there at RB44. So how do you see the Buffalo Bills backfield really shaping up this year and at value, which one of these guys do you want, Mike? So what's funny is when you talk about add value, they're really both good values right now. And yep. I think it's because Josh Allen's looming over the whole team, right? And we're going to talk about a few Russian quarterbacks, Allen being one of them. For me, it really comes down to what are you looking for? With Damian Harris, he has been a cheat code for Dynasty for a while. We Guys that you and I who go heavy wide receiver at the beginning have been living on players like Harris for a few years. But I think being in Buffalo really takes a hit from what he had in New England, where he had that guaranteed goal line role. He had that spot where Ramondre was almost spelling him and, and he was the RB1. I think things would be a little different with James Cook. And I think realistically, 
you're playing to win. And the upside is with Cook. He's the home run hitter. He's the guy who can score really from anywhere on the field. He's the one that's going to do damage in the passing game. So running back 29, I think he's the guy at cost that I'm going for because he's the one that could really exceed his ceiling where Damian Harris is like the poster boy for what he is. You get what you pay for with Damian Harris. James Cook could be a difference maker on this team. I do think Cook is the third best pure rusher on his team, which makes me nervous. I do think Harris Mm. as a between the tackles running back is a better football player, but realistically Cook is the guy who can get outside the tackles, make things happen and get those splash plays that could change your week. So that's the guy that I'm going with that cost. But really, Ryan, I think both of them are of value given what we saw at the July ADP. I think so many of these teams, and, and we'll get into them as we go along today. So many of these teams, though, are are examples of situations where I wouldn't mind having both guys, as you kind of mentioned there. You know, I don't go into uh, into drafts if we're talking like an underdog draft or a redraft. Typically, don't try to pair those running backs. You know, we used to use that word handcuff. Never really tried to do that, but as you suggest here, some of these guys are just such great values from a dynasty and a redraft standpoint that I don't mind doing that, especially when it's a team uh, that is one of the best offenses in the league, like the Buffalo bills. Let's move, move to a team. That's certainly not one of the best offenses in the league. This one is a little muddy. It seems like everybody has their favorite. It's the Chicago bears. Uh, So this team of course, let's, uh, let's David Montgomery go this year, this offseason via free agency. They've got Khalil Herbert back. He's currently the RB 41 in our ADP. They sign Deontay Foreman. The veteran is RB 57 and maybe a little bit of a surprise here. Actually, the rookie that they draft, Roshan Johnson, uh, is based on our ADP, the most valuable member of this backfield, just slightly ahead of Herbert at RB 39. So, I mean, I like Roshan Johnson quite a bit. I like the landing spot here because I don't look at Foreman or Herbert as, um, you know, as massive talents. It really is as much of a, uh, um, a block for Roshan Johnson. I think the rookie could end up stealing this starting job by the, maybe not by the end of the training camp, but certainly by the end of the uh, regular season or in the back half of the regular season. How do you see this Bears uh, backfield going, Mike? I mean, you really need Roshan Johnson to take the job for there to be any value. You mentioned it, low-scoring offense, terrible offensive line, one of the best rushing quarterbacks in football. So Mm. you need this to be a full pie to one person for there to be any value. And that's what scares me. Yeah, there's no – and how are you differentiating these three? Roshan Johnson, you saw limited carries from because he was behind Bijan, right? So we're still not a 1,000% sure what we have with Roshan. He looks like a good player, got some decent draft capital, but came to a spot where – Dante Foreman just got signed. They picked him up off the free agent market. And like you said, Khalil Herbert, who flashed in the time where he was healthy behind Montgomery, is still in the fold. So this is one that I have to be honest, I'm trying to avoid at all cost. And when we take a look at people in those range, we're going to talk about a few of them. There's such better values in that range that I'm tending to end up with almost none of them if you're talking startup value. Now, Roshan, I'm grabbing in rookie drafts if I have some of those high second round picks. But when you're talking pure startup value, I am a full avoid on this backfield because 
Roshan doesn't have to win the job. He has to dominate that backfield for there to be value. And that's what really scares me about the situation more than anything else. Is he good enough to completely wipe out Herbert and Foreman from the backfield? And if not, this is going to be a painful situation for the entire year. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it it does remind me what you said there reminds me of a guy like Brian Robinson last year. Um, He overcomes a lot, crowded backfield. He ends up being the starter and the lead back for the commanders, but so what that was, that was, you know, a bottom half of the league offense. Antonio Gibson was still uh, seeing his work. Uh, So even, even though, you know, even though he was the starter from an upside standpoint, it, it honestly just didn't matter that much. And yeah, you're scaring me a little because I am a Roshan Johnson fan, but uh that makes sense. Uh, what you say there, as far as he really needs to dominate that backfield and chances are with, with three relevant guys, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Let's, let's squeeze in one more here before we take a little break. And and this is really, uh, maybe it's the easiest one to call, or maybe it's the, the muddiest, the Denver Broncos, Javante Williams is the RB 17 in our ADP. And, you know, probably the most talented, most valuable running back we'll talk about today, at least one of them. Uh, but he's also coming off that injury that is at least leaving us a, a little questionable about his status. We uh, obviously are reminded of what we saw last year or didn't see last year when it comes to J.K. Dobbins. I think that's having an impact on Javante's value. Uh, the Broncos do sign Samaje P. Ryan, who played really well for the Bengals in kind of a 1B or backup role last year. He's the RB42. Mike, I, I think this is as simple as if Javante is healthy, we have nothing to worry about. Am I right on that one? You are, yeah. And I think we always knew with Javante's ADP that it was wrong. And what we yeah. didn't know is in which direction. And with the recent news now that he's trending towards not even starting the preseason on the pup at a time where there's really – no downside to put him on the pup. We we saw a mistake in, in the past few weeks where people were like, oh, a player went on the pup and there was a panic. Isaiah Pacheco, people were panicking and say he's going to miss six weeks. That's not the case in the preseason. It's, it's a free roll. And I think the fact that this recent news has come out has shown that we're too low on Javante. And if he's healthy and he's playing, this is definitely a one and two situation. Samaje P. Ryan is a great off the bench back. Like you said, he played well for the Bengals, both as spelling Mixon and then as the starter and the hammer in that offense when Mixon went down. But I think that in reality, Javonta Williams is one of the most talented backs in the league when he's healthy. We shot, saw what he did when he flashed his rookie year. So yeah, I think this is the easiest one of the bunch that we have in the recent news that we got really proves out that Javonta Williams' ADP is about to skyrocket. So I hope you got in early because the price is going to go way up starting soon. Yeah, of course, the guy who peaked, I believe, as the RB3 in Dynasty based on our ADP is Javante Williams, uh, RB17 now. So we could certainly see him uh, moving back up, uh, maybe not quite that high, but certainly into the RB1 range, the low end RB1 range, 10, 12, somewhere in there is is very feasible, uh, really by the time the season starts, honestly. Uh, All right, some good discussion so far on these backfields. We've got many more to talk about, and we will do that next. I want to talk to you about BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and sometimes in life we're faced with with tough choices. 
Uh, just like some of these tough running back choices, the path is not always clear whether you're dealing with decisions about your career, relationships, uh, finances, or, or anything else. And therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want as you navigate through that tough life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is just like anything else. The more you practice, the easier it gets. And uh, when it comes to therapy, it's obviously very helpful for learning those positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely done online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your own schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can even switch therapists anytime you need to for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We are here with my buddy, Mike Faella. Mike is uh, known as at daddy's home FF on Twitter, uh, works for DLF and trophy smack as well. And Mike's one of my best buddies in the space. We're talking running back training camp battles uh, as training camps really get going this week. We've talked about the bills, the bears and the Broncos. Let's move on to the Detroit lions. Mike, this is another one that I don't know. Maybe it's easy. Maybe it's not even a battle. Uh, They bring in David Montgomery. We mentioned that name with the Bears. He's the RB31 currently. Uh, They also draft Jameer Gibbs with the 12th overall pick. And Jameer Gibbs already up to running back five in our DLF Dynasty ADP. Certainly not getting any kind of rookie discount uh, when it comes to Gibbs. So, I mean, from a Dynasty standpoint, obviously we want Gibbs. That that part's easy. Uh, are we going to see Gibbs really take charge of this backfield from the jump? Are we going to see a committee? What do you expect in Detroit, Mike? I expect both backs to be used really heavily. Yep. And I think that Gibbs is going to see a lot of catches. I, I think what you're going to see from Gibbs in his first year is more of a pass catching weapon. But what that leaves Montgomery is what we saw from Jamal Williams which was 11 touchdowns under 10 yards. So there's value to be had in the pass catching back in this offense, but there's also value to be had in the hammer, which I think for at least to start the season is going to be Montgomery. They went out and got him. They signed him to this deal for a reason. And then obviously they spent the draft capital on Gibbs for a reason as well. But that RB5 price tag, man, I am not in at startup value. That We have vaulted him so high so early on. And I do like the situation. I specifically like the situation because the pass catching options in Detroit after I'm on Ron St. Brown are minimal. Right. They, they just brought in Denzel Mims. That, that's a sign of desperation as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and Jameson Williams suspended for the first six games, as we know. So this is a team that is looking for that second option ever since they moved on from Hawkinson. I think that will be Gibbs, which really bodes well from in PPR formats. But I still think those rushing touchdowns, it's going to be frustrating. So get ready for a Swift yeah. Williams situation where all Swift people who rostered Swift were so frustrated last year. 
I think that same frustration is going to come in the form of Dave Montgomery for people that roster Jameer Gibbs. So I like the player. I like the style of play that he has, and I think he's a perfect fit both with the Lions and with Jared Goff in particular. But I want to cap expectations that if he's not getting a piece of those touchdowns, those 11 under 10-yard touchdowns that Jamal Williams took, if he's not getting a piece of those, he won't live up to that RB5 price tag, at least for the first year. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You look at the ADP, uh, not only is he RB5, he's the 15th player drafted overall. That puts him ahead of guys like T. Higgins, Devontae Smith. At the running back position, he's ahead of Barkley, Eckler, um, DK Metcalf, and Stefan Diggs, Drake London behind him. Little too expensive for my taste when it comes to a rookie running back, or honestly, any running back. I'm I'm really not taking any running back in that top 15 range. So uh, I, I don't have much Jameer Gibbs, but I am certainly looking forward to watching him play. I uh, can't wait to see how the Lions use him. This one's this one's just gross, Mike. Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert. RB64, Jeff Wilson, RB68, and Devon A-Chain is the RB26. So again, kind of like the Lions and and some of these other teams, we know, obviously, we want Devon A-Chain from a dynasty standpoint versus the uh, 30-something-year-old running backs. But how quickly can A-Chain make an impact, especially at his size? I mean, he's not going to be the lead back, you know, probably ever, I would say. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't make an impact. No, and this is a team that likes speed. They are built for speed, and, and A-Chain certainly has that. So yeah. I think from the draft perspective, he landed in an amazing spot with McDaniel in that zone rushing scheme. However, I don't think the best running back on that team is on the roster yet, and I think that mm-hmm. any Miami Dolphin you roster is about to get blown up by Dalvin Cook, and if that happens, all bets are off. And the question becomes, how long is that contract? How much guaranteed money? Because if they bring in Dalvin for the numbers that we're hearing that he's commanding at this point, that is all bets are off, and A-Chain might see the field, so change of pace back at best, and, and Wilson and most are not even rosterable if that happens. Now, that said, I think A-Chain, if he gets loose, could be a home run hitter. He could yeah. be a you know poor man's Chris Johnson for, for some of us older folks. Like He has that style of play, and he has that talent, but you mentioned he is smaller, so goal line carries probably aren't coming anytime soon, so you really need those home runs, and how many home run hitters in Miami are going to eat this year. Uh, obviously you have Tyreek and Waddle on the team as well. There, there's so much talent to be fed at that point that I don't mind the ADP of a chain, but any Miami Dolphin that you roster, you are sitting there biting your fingernails until all of these free agent running backs are signed. Cause if they don't get a team and Miami's still on the market, that is just going to crater any value we have in this backfield. That's already gross to begin with, as you mentioned. You know, I pay a lot of attention, as as we all do, obviously, to to that weekly production. And last year, Mostert and Wilson combined for seven RB1 games and eight RB2 games. And, you know, if we combine that into one player, we're talking about a top five player in the uh, running back in the league, of course. That's not the way things work in Miami. So now we're we're taking that production and potentially spreading it out over three players, maybe even more. Or, or maybe less if they if they do bring in Dalvin Cook. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I like the uh, ADP on A-Chain, especially compared to 
you know, essentially a discount you're getting versus a guy like Gibbs. I know they're, they're obviously not in the same tier, but uh, that, that makes it feel like a little bit of a value for me. We do have some more teams to talk about, including the New Orleans Saints, and we're going to do that next. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every dayers, check out tomorrow's show. We're going to have uh, another guest host, and we're going to be talking about tight end battles uh, through training camp and which tight ends we want to target in our Dynasty Leagues. Check that one out tomorrow. Uh, today, though, we are talking running backs with Mike Fiella at Daddy's Home on Twitter. Mike, let's move over to the New Orleans Saints. This is another one that feels a little weird to even call a, a, a training camp battle because we've got one of the best running backs of the past several years on this roster still, Alvin Kamara. Uh, looks like he's probably not going to be suspended. Maybe we're still crossing our fingers on that one, but he may have uh, dodged a suspension there. And he's he's the RB35 in Dynasty. He has just been... Uh, bleeding value like crazy uh, really over the last year, but uh, certainly this offseason. In fact, his rookie teammate, Kendra Miller, is being valued ahead of him at, at RB28. And this team also brings in oh, just the guy who led the league in touchdowns last year, Jamal Williams, and he's the RB45. Mike, I'll go ahead and tell you, this is a team where at their current cost, I want all three of these guys on my roster. If I can only get one, I'll take him. Uh, obviously, I like the rookie for the long term, but I think the value and the ADP on on all three of these guys is is really uh, mouthwatering right now. It absolutely is, and I think Kamara out of the three, the ADP, as you said, has gotten ridiculous. Now that he's pleaded down to a misdemeanor, that this looks like it's wheels up for Kamara. I want to throw a little cold water on Kendra Miller, which kills me, Ryan, because I I am such a fan of the player, but I started digging into the contracts and Jamal Williams. Now that we know that Kamara well, don't know, but we feel comfortable that Kamara is not looking to lengthy suspension. The Jamal Williams signing looks very strange. And the problem is it's the saints. And the one thing we know about the saints is they love to screw up their salary cap. So Jamal Williams is locked in for two years. It's a massive cap hit. And then you go digging into Kamara and even worse, he's got 16 million of dead cap next year and 9 million the year after that. So anybody who thinks that Kendra Miller is just going to walk into this backfield and take over doesn't understand the business of football and how much they have tied into these two guys. You're talking $24 million roughly of cap space. They would lose if they cut Williams and Kamara, which just flat out isn't going to happen, right? They're already in trouble for some of the previous contracts they've signed. So that gives me a little bit of pause on Kendra Miller. Like if we're talking about some of the other guys that we've mentioned in rookie drafts, like a Devin A. Chain, for example, I give him a little bump over a Kendra Miller and put him more in the Roshan Johnson category of muddy future, at least for the coming two years. And as we know, for a rookie running back, those first four years are gold. So losing two of them is a major problem. So that's what scares me about New Orleans. I never know what they're doing with their cap. They're a hot mess. And this backfield is messy when you're talking about the dollars. So the question is, much like Roshan, how badly does Kendra Miller have to outplay his teammates to see the field enough to be fantasy relevant in those two years? I'm not sure he's good enough to really dominate Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. I think this is going to be a hot mess for two years. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I was I was on a show uh, last weekend talking about some of my favorite redraft sleepers, and I mentioned Roshan Johnson and Kendra Miller, and and now you're just you're just shooting me down, but you're making you're making good points, which uh, makes it even worse. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, another team that made a ton of moves this offseason. Uh, they they let Miles Sanders go. They bring in DeAndre Swift. Uh, they got him very cheaply in a trade with the Lions. And then they uh, signed Rashad Penny as well. Speaking of cheap, they didn't give him very much money. They still also have uh, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott there also. But Swift down to RB22, Rashad Penny, RB43. I mean, we know the story with these guys. Neither of them can really stay on the field. We we love the talent uh, of both players. I mean, I think I prefer Swift, but I, I don't really trust either one of these guys. I have found myself uh, both in Dynasty and in, in Underdog just grabbing Kenny Gainwell and seeing what happens. Yeah, I like grabbing Gainwell. Grab Boston Scott just for when he plays the Giants. We know how this game works. Uh, but overall, I mean, this is – Swift has to be the guy for this backfield yeah. to really take off. Uh, so – it's hard to say the statistics, what we've seen on the field. Swift just doesn't look like a guy who plays through injury well. He doesn't look like a guy who, since coming in the league, really wants to take on contact. And I think that's what landed him in Dan Campbell's doghouse and eventually mm-hmm. to his exit with the Lions. So does that change with Philadelphia? Is this a wake-up call? If it is, he's a screaming value because we know the talent is there. Uh, Rashad Penny, I'm, I'm going nowhere near. They, they're they're into him for $600,000 in the NFL. That's yeah. a quarter. Like they, they could cut him before camp even starts. He reminds me a lot of when the Patriots signed James Robinson. We already know what happened there. He's already moved on to another team. Yeah. So given the fact that he's a free roll, I don't put a lot of stock into that. And again, like we talked about with Justin Fields, you have the best rushing quarterback probably in Jalen Hurts here. And, and it kills me because you want this recipe to be perfect. The offensive line's outstanding. The offense is high powered. Like it feels perfect, but the quarterback and the talent in the backfield get in the way of this being fantasy value. So I think I'm taking a few swings at DeAndre Swift and hoping what we saw from him as a rookie and what we saw from him in Georgia plays out in Philadelphia because that's a league-winning player if that happens. Otherwise, it's a straight avoid for me. I can't get into Rashad Penny, and I don't mind Gainwell late, I mean, because you're getting him for free. If he does rise up, he could have some play, decent pass-catching running back. But overall, I just don't see a ton of value coming here unless it's DeAndre Swift long-term. Yeah, Swift is not quite cheap enough to – um, you know, to gamble on everywhere. Uh, he's cer- certainly not free, although he is the RB 22 that does represent one of the, the lowest value points he's had really throughout his career. So, um, this is, uh, kind of the definition of a buy low moment when it comes to Deandre Swift, Mike, let's finish up with really one of the debates of the past few months, the Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker is the RB12, got as high as high as the RB2 in Dynasty. That all changed when Seattle used their uh, day two pick on Zach Charbonnet, the rookie running back from UCLA, who's now the RB24. So we're talking about two top 24 running backs in the same backfield. As as good as Kenneth Walker was, some of the deep metrics on him from last season uh, were were not great. I mean, you can kind of think back to the beginning of his 
season, beginning of his career, that he didn't really see the field much at all until Rashad Penny got hurt. That kind of, you know, in hindsight, uh, with the Charbonnet pick, feels like a bad sign. I, I, I want both of these guys, but neither of them are cheap. So this one's this one's a tough one for me as well. Yeah, that pick broke a lot of hearts. And yeah. maybe I'm an optimist, Ryan, but all I could think of when they drafted Charbonnet was, and I had Chris Carson everywhere. And when they drafted Rashad Penny and everyone told me Carson's dead, and, and what are they going to have? Three more fantasy relevant yeah. seasons, got yeah. the lion's share of the backfield. I put a lot of stock into players that played well in the NFL. And I know what you're saying about deep metrics and his breakaway. He was a boomer bust running back, but that man found the end zone. He found those plays. He made those moves. So I think it's a fascinating pick because they're so similar in running back style. It's not like a Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery we talked about earlier. Like these guys are prototypes of each other neither of them were really very good pass catchers the best you can say about Charbonnet is he might be a little better than Kenneth Walker which is not a compliment um you know that's just a, a maybe a fact I guess but but barely important so you're talking between the tackles guys you're talking some breakaway speed Pete Carroll feeds two backs we know this he wanted to use two backs before Penny got hurt and he had literally nobody left because the, the cover was barren so I'm not surprised by the pick and I think Kenneth Walker is a value. I think that him dropping down to 12 is too far of an overcorrection. I still think he's a top 10 running back and he's not going anywhere. They have him on a team friendly deal for two more years at 2 million a year. There's no reason to move on from him. So the question is how much does Charbonnet take away from Kenneth Walker? If it's 70, 30, Walker's a bargain. If it's 60, 40, he's probably cost properly. If it's 50, 50, Charbonnet is the value. Like it, it all comes down to what you think is going to happen. And what I think is going to happen is what always happens in the NFL. Somehow injuries mm. change the whole game. And I'm not going to sit here and predict that. I can't, Ryan. I'm not, I barely sure. graduated college, never mind being a doctor here. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of, of both uh, in, you know, as I'm moving forward, I'm definitely picking up Walker in a lot of leagues for a lot cheaper than he would have been pre-draft. So it's not a bad deal to to get into. Uh, But like you said, similar we talked about before, too expensive to go all in on both in every league. So maybe I'm hedging a little bit here, but I'm getting a few in each league and one of them pops and and you have a top five. Late rookie drafts uh, as the, as training camps get going here, we'll have the preseason, you know, before we know it. If you're in a late rookie draft, is Charbonnet your RB3 or is it one of these other guys like uh, like A-Chain or someone? It's A-Chain uh, if there's yeah. no signing that happens, yeah. So for me, it would be A-Chain, Kendra Miller, um, Charbonnet, and then Roshan Johnson in that order. And okay. I have Miller, Roshan, and Charbonnet really neck and neck. So if you have the luxury of those late rookie drafts, I'd be really looking at the camps and seeing how those are going. But there, for me, a chain was the one who separated himself because of the landing spot in Miami. There was only one spot that would have put his Maribie three and he landed there. And then you have that kind of glut of the next three that are very similar value in my opinion. All right. Really, really good stuff today from Mike Fiella at daddy's home on Twitter and check out his work at DLF. 
uh, and Trophy Smack as well. Mike, thanks for joining us today. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. Follow Mike at Daddy's Home FF. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty. <laughs>